Welcome to Account-Based Marketing. This podcast is designed as a collection of conversations with sales and marketing leaders sharing thoughts and practical tips for growing your most valuable customers. Hosted by me, Alicia Linden, founder and CEO at Momentum, the B2B growth consultancy. Welcome to this episode of Account-Based Marketing. Strategic ABM is built on many of the principles of key account management, understanding the key account, its stakeholders, building customer-centric value propositions and working towards a win-win for both your organization and the success of your customers. So who better to join us than Will Green, Senior Vice President of Avato Financial Solutions in the US. Will, great to have you with us. Hi, Alicia. Thank you very much for the invitation. Uh, Looking forward to talking with you today. Thanks, Will. I know you've built a career on developing key accounts. You're now uh, leading key account teams and and Bertelsmann Avato is a fascinating business. It's a conglomerate which I'm sure presents all sorts of challenges and opportunities for a a key account model. Really looking forward to unpacking that and, and diving in. It'd be great if you could just get us started with a bit of an intro into who you are and who Avato are. Absolutely. Uh, So we are, as you mentioned, Bertelsmann is a media services and education company. We're uh, HQ'd in Germany. Uh, We operate in 50 countries around the world. Not many people have heard of us and and our holding company outside of Germany, but um, some of our brands are very well known, like Penguin Random House, our book publisher, uh, our music publisher, BMG, and of course, our services division, Arvato, which is where, where I'm based. And overall, you know, we, we have over 70,000 employees in the services division, 5 billion revenues. So we're a significant player in, in that market. And, you know, in that space, we provide services around buy now, pay later, um, services around risk management collections, uh, end-to-end financial solutions, particularly for e-commerce, mobility and telecommunications. So that, that's, that's who we are. And, and me, I, I've been with the company now for coming up to 12 years. I've, I've been in sales and sales for, for about 20 years now, you know, initially as a kind of road warrior, being, being on the road uh, in, in, in the UK doing sales and, and, and really, you know, the groundwork, cold calling. Um, and then after joining Bertelsmann, really going into um, global key account management, particularly for US clients and relocated to the US five years ago, based in Seattle and run our key account relationships here. So, yeah, really, you know, I've been involved in different levels of sales and account management over the last 20 years in, in, in three different countries. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, wow. So, yeah, I, I hope that qualifies me a little bit to talk about the topic <laughs> with you today. <laughs> I did have to smile a little bit as you referenced Road Warrior. There's been a huge amount of change we've seen in, in selling, in key account management, in key account growth over the past few years. How's it evolved? You know, What would you say is the, the, the biggest shift that you've seen across your career? Yes, I mean, it's obviously the last 18 months since uh, the advent of COVID, uh, that's been the biggest change I've I've seen in, in that space. Certainly the old world used to involve a tremendous amount of in-person networking, you know, back in the day of being on the road and, and going around pressing flesh and meeting people face to face. Certainly uh, here in the US, uh, being on the ground, that, that was a huge benefit of being here on the ground as well, is, is being able to meet with people on person on the campuses of our large key accounts. Uh, the last 18 months, of course, has totally transformed. You're, you're, you're right. It's very difficult to really make new connections and network through a webcam. Um, you know, previously you were hanging around in, in lobbies or 
waiting for, for meetings and you'd always bump into people and have a discussion and they would always lead to new introductions and the opening of doors. And doing that in a structured way rather than an unstructured way, I think every salesperson I, I talk to is struggling with that change. It is very difficult. And in fact, I think that's what's making key account management and how we really you know allow our relationships with existing diamond clients to blossom so much more important because it's easier in this remote environment to really work and focus on your existing relationships and build new ones so i think that that's something that i'm certainly noticing is is, is that that there is a, a much stronger focus on working with our key accounts growing those relationships got it so a real double down on existing relationships that feels like where there's existing trust and inroads has, has continued and, and is flourishing but it's it's really the missing the unstructured aspect of key account development and key account management those water cooler moments how do you create those in a, a slightly more formal setting like uh, video calls and uh, uh, virtual meetings absolutely yeah and i think it has its pros and cons i mean the fact that you're more focused and, and more structured allows you to bring certain topics forward faster. But on the other hand, there, there's always a certain amount of art to the science of key account management. And, and that, is, that is just that ad lib networking nature of relationship and trust building. And, and that is a real challenge currently. Personally, I can't wait to get back to being able to network more, be it at conferences or, or just walking around campuses again. But, but who knows how long that's still going to take. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, I definitely see it in um, key account development. I see it across ABM programs that actually the, the, the best development of key accounts is joining the dots for customers. You, know, you have a sidebar conversation with somebody new. You take a piece of insight to some of your existing relationships and helping these big accounts connect their, their silos. How, how are you getting around that now? Is it going through more structured account planning processes? What, what's, what's involved? Yeah, absolutely. So we certainly had to double down on our structured account planning processes. So spending more time thinking about how we manage our key accounts, revising how our key account plans look, uh, what information do we need to have in there, taking more time to look at stakeholder analysis, trying to figure out where the linkages are. In the end, it just it just involves more communication virtually than than, than we've had before. Um, and it and it does make it that that much harder. I, I think one of the key tools that we've had is really to ensure that we're building our own internal cross-functional teams and really talking more to each other internally about all the conversations that are happening on all different levels with our key clients, whether it be of an operational nature, whether it be um, of a more strategic nature on the executive level, making sure that all of that, that knowledge and those insights that we're gleaning are consolidated in, in a more structured way and, and really communicating more internally to understand what's going on on, on the client side. That, that's really how we've been handling it and, and building some structure around you know, customer relationship management systems, ensuring that that data is, is adequately reflected in there, having a lot more cross-functional teams built uh, internally and meeting more frequently than we were in the past. So certainly the number of meetings I feel has increased and they're just replacing the time that you would have been drinking coffee on campus with, with individual <laughs> stakeholders, you know. 
Yeah, there's definitely definitely more structure to meetings, isn't there? And just thinking about you, you hit a point, a really good point there, Will, about you know, cross-functional teams. You know, one of the biggest things that I've seen is we've gone from your key account uh, development, key account management being an individual sport where you'd have a CAD leading the relationship to to now a bit of a team sport where you've got executives that can easily play into a meeting because they're not having to fly halfway around the world. You've got other technical teams, you've got other experts that can easily be brought in around a particular customer need. Are you finding that's helping in terms of key account development or or is it adding uh, more into the mix when it comes to leading accounts? I think that it's certainly adding quite a lot of additional work and the work is of a different nature to, to how it has been in the past. So we're seeing quite a lot of additional work just in coordinating, in documents, in in process documentation. Um, there's a lot more work of that nature going on than there was in the past. So the so the job of the key account manager is certainly evolving or adapting to the situation that we're that we're faced with. Um, and yes, you're right. You know, there, there used to be a lot of global travel going on, particularly in our business, where, where we're we're managing business across multiple countries. And so there would be teams all over the world working on on specific projects. That travel is just not happening anymore. So the time is being used differently. We're certainly struggling to get the same level of engagement virtually from our clients as we were prior to to this situation and it's certainly required a lot more orchestrated effort to ensure that the level of engagement remains the same Uh, it's just not as easy as it was before yeah i think in exactly the same way you're you're rallying teams and and executives to to focus on accounts there's we, we see the same thing happening in customers themselves where they've got their own silos in this kind of virtual way of working and it's making it harder to reach decisions and, and, and build consensus. You hit an interesting point uh, about um, internal comms and, and this idea of the role of the key account manager changing. Are you f- finding that you're having to brief teams on the account and the history more and more because you're playing a, a bit more of a team sport or is it just the nature of the the, the engagement you're, you're now having with key accounts? So, I, th- I mean, we've always had to ensure alignment internally on key accounts. So that hasn't really changed. I mean, we, we've, we've always had to make sure that uh, regardless of how any organization is structured, whether it's functional or more of a, more of a divisional structure, um, it's important to align all of your internal stakeholders. So I think, you know, that, that has remained remained the same. You know, we're not flying around the world and meeting as a team in person anymore. So things are certainly uh, a little bit easier to organize than they were in the past in, in that regard. I think I, I think internal alignment has always been important. Um, it's just as important now as it as it always has been. And I mean, if, if teams aren't aligned internally, that can create all sorts of issues that, that are negative for, for the client, you know. So I think that that aspect has probably remained very similar. Yeah, I, I recall a couple of years ago hearing about an exec that went to meet one of our clients' most strategic accounts and spent the first 10 minutes, you know, asking a lot of the foundational questions that the account team already knew. And, you know, it was included in the briefing document, but for whatever reason got, got missed. And that leaves a, a particular type of impression. Um, what, what, what kinds of challenges or, or impact are you seeing where teams aren't aligned? You know, what, what have you 
um, either experienced firsthand or seen in the market where cross-functional teams aren't aligned when they're interacting with with key accounts? Well, I think executive engagements of the nature that you've just mentioned are, the prob- are probably the highest profile uh, impact of, of <laughs> yeah. non-alignment where, where people are showing up and, and, you know, the big boss doesn't even know what's going on. I mean, that those executive meetings have the potential to go completely the wrong way if they're not prepared properly. So they they do require a lot of effort across the whole organization to prepare to make sure that the, the right impression is left. But certainly when our teams aren't aligned, you know, all sorts of issues can arise. And by the way, you made a good point earlier. Our clients are struggling in the same way we are with this new world, right? So they, they, they also are struggling to align themselves internally in, in, in the same way that um, they would have done in the past. And so some of the consequences of that misalignment, you know, if we're not, for example, we have some large e-commerce clients, if we, we've just had Black Friday and Cyber Monday, uh, I mean, if, if volume forecasting doesn't get adequately managed on the client side and, and, and handed across to us and we don't forward that information on um, to, the, to the right teams at, at the right point in time, we can find ourselves either overstaffed or understaffed to handle that kind of volume um, or, or not have things prepared properly. And that can have a huge impact on, you know, if we've overstaffed and the volume doesn't come, profitability impact. If we um, have understaffed and the, the volume is much higher than expected, we suddenly have negative negative customer impact. Customer experience is bad. So getting that, that right is extremely important and a lack of alignment between us as a partner and our client and then internally as well can, can really suffer so I think that's that's one recent example that I could say I mean luckily we haven't had that problem but I've uh, that that's the kind of thing that can happen if you're not properly aligned so yeah I I, I think I, I think misalignment um, and and the role of the key account manager to ensure that alignment, um, yeah, just as important as it always has been. I see that a lot has changed, and you, you talked a little bit about this, this more structured nature of selling, this you know, aligning those teams internally. What, what, what are you seeing more broadly as, as one of the hardest skills for, for key account managers? Is it about bringing teams together? Is it about understanding the customer? I know for years it's been very much about articulating a, a strong value proposition that really resonates with the customer. Is that still as important for you as, as it has been you know, five, ten years ago? I think it's difficult to pinpoint one specific skill that is that is the hardest or or the most valuable for a key account manager. I think the the incredible thing about key account management is just the multifaceted nature of what the job demands. Because really, it, it's entrepreneurial in nature. You need to understand all aspects of your own organization. You need to be capable of understanding many aspects of your client's organization and how the linkages work between them. So a key account manager doesn't just have to be a salesperson, which is what a lot of people tend to think. There has to be a, a solid understanding of the products and, and the business and the way that, that you operate to be able to transport that to the client properly. There needs to be an understanding to some degree of the limitations of the organization and what what you can actually deliver. Uh, And at the same time, almost embedding yourself within your client's organization to have a deep understanding of the challenges that the client is facing 
how do we align the challenges the client has with the capabilities of our organization to generate value for both parties and and i think that is something that is is a very unique skill set and certainly when recruiting you never find the perfect candidate so it's it's always a case of how do we get complementary team members together in one key account team to to build that that overall picture and and that solid client relationship that that, that you need and one of one of the one of the best tools i think one of the most optimal ways of achieving that kind of alignment and getting the most value for both parties in a relationship is is a joint key account plan and you know that's something that that you've been helping us with your organization um at momentum to to, to support us with is is how how does best practice look in in that space but i think optimally if you can have a shared document with a key account that that allows you to build that joint document of this is the roadmap this is where we see our greatest synergies between our organizations that will allow us to create the best value for both parties. If you can get to that level of partnership and the skills that your key account management has enables that to happen, I think that's the optimal outcome. And in my experience, those are the relationships that generate the best value long-term. Um, and, and so everything that is needed to get to that point, those are the skills we're looking at a key key account manager yeah a tough role to to fill and as you say that full breadth of skill set isn't necessarily you know in one person it's how do you, you combine and consolidate that through the team will you touched on a really good point there about creating long-term mutual success for for customers and i think often we see key accounts sometimes taking a short-term focus versus a long-term focus you, you talked about co-creating with customers building a joint roadmap is is that your main strategy that you see as being successful when harvesting key accounts or are there any other strategies that that you're adopting to to really help key accounts flourish and thrive into valuable partnerships so i think certainly the the key account plans and building individualized uh, solutions customized solutions for those clients i think that is that's always been a, a key part of our strategy and why we've been successful um, but trying to combine that with the market knowledge and the expertise that we bring in a consultative selling process, uh, that's that's extremely important as well. So, you know, let, let's not just take orders from the client in terms of what, what they want us to do, but let's actually bring in our expertise. So I think that's that's something which is which is super important it is really to to bring in that that consultative selling and and how do we add value to them yeah i i i think that would that would be the primary thing got it and and thinking about key account management what what would you say is the biggest barrier to growth today with key accounts the biggest barrier to growth with with key accounts today i think is is really the ability for us to, to to recognize and really truly understand what it is that that they need, and and in many cases they 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 don't know themselves what it is that's actually holding them back or what it is that they really need, and so much of it is around questioning them and asking them about what they believe they need, and then trying to compare that with experiences that we have with other clients and seeing does that really make sense um, and and is that something that is really going to lead them to success or should they be thinking more in a different direction and finding that balance between adapting to what they want and yet influencing their roadmap and their desires to create something which is really going to make everyone successful and 
yeah, I, I, I think that would be one of the key aspects for sure. Mm -hmm. You're almost having to read between the lines, be, be a, a bit of an investigator and, and uh, connect what you're hearing in, in conversations to really figure out what, what is it these key accounts are looking to achieve and where, where are they heading? Yeah, and sometimes they, they, and sometimes they know or they, they believe they know which, which way they're heading in. Um, and, and yet, and yet we, we can see that they're maybe actually behind the curve. So we can see that that other experience we have in the market shows that that their that their thinking is maybe a little off or it's not quite where it should be yet and so it's bringing that knowledge into the conversation and steering them in the right direction in a way that is is not seen as contradicting them but actually you know adding that additional expertise and bringing and bringing that in and and you know one of the key things that we do as a company is really we make, we ensure that we're looking at a at a human centric approach. So many of the businesses that we support have end consumer relationships, and one of the key things that we look at is is this really in the interest of the consumer? Does does the consumer really profit from this product? Does it add value to the consumer? Because ultimately, if the consumer gets value from whatever it is that we're offering then our client will profit from it too, and so will we. So it's always keeping the perspective of who is the end user, who is actually the end user, and, and what is their experience, and what are their needs. And I think if you keep that in mind, typically everything else will follow. So that's the philosophy that, that we pursue there. You know? I think that does sound like a really customer-centric approach, particularly for your your key accounts who are large you know, multinational you know, organizations with their own complexity. It's a tricky tight tightrope to walk with uh, with key accounts. I know, I know they value new ideas, fresh perspectives. How are you going about sharing best practice between um, teams and, and, and key accounts as you just touched on? So again, that's more of, a, of an internal situation where we have cross-functional teams set up. We've now established a center of excellence internally that, that is literally a dedicated function to ensure that we bring together the knowledge um, and the best practices from across our organization and create blueprints for how we how we want to operate in, in the future. And those can continually be improved and extended. And, and it, I think it's important to have that central team that takes really, you know, a slightly step back view of all of the key accounts and says, What's working there and what are the patterns of success we can see? How can we create a, a standardized process or system uh, out of these things, be it simple things such as templates for particular things, key account plan templates, customer relationship management templates, survey results, customer survey results, making sure that we're really learning from all the experiences across the group and standardizing and optimizing as, as we go on. And that center of excellence has already, even though it's only been founded um, you know, within the last year, I think it's already reaping some really strong benefits for us as an organization. So I think that's, that's one thing that, that I think other organizations should really be considering if they don't have that already. And does a conglomerate setup make, that, make a COE more, more valuable or are you just seeing that this, it was a necessity to, to help that cross-functional alignment? I think within our organization specifically, we, we, we have so many different aspects to our organization. It's more a question of at what level do you 
hit that aggregation level you know i mean the, the, mm-hmm. because we're so diversified as an overall group there's certain levels where it just doesn't make sense anymore other levels where it does so it's it's a question of of judgment on that i think certain companies out there who have a much more focused product offering you know all the way to the top there i think it's clear that that a center of excellence across the whole organization makes sense in our case i think you know having it at a divisional level uh, is, is what works for us and i and i think that's just a question of uh, i think product and service diversity the, the more diverse you are the, the the less benefit i think that brings yeah you're not creating unified solutions across the conglomerate it's actually you've got quite a diversified portfolio understood and and will just looking into the future if we fast forward f- 5 years from now how how are things the same or different when it comes to leading developing growing key accounts we're really embarking on on a fundamental journey in our organization right now to you know reassess what the what the future holds we've had a very intense strategy process and uh, i i think we're seeing that um you know the future uh, environment for our business is going to look very different in five years time and and trying to now figure out what that means for key account management for our client relationships how are our products and services going to be different in the next five years it's very important for key account managers to be aligned to the strategy process product strategy uh, is, is a very important element of a key account manager's time you know we need to understand and also influence where our product strategies are going. So I, I think in five years' time, we, we may well find that the products that we're selling are, are, are so different that our key account management may well need to adapt and, and change fundamentally how we talk to our clients. Personally, I think that we're seeing a lot of changes in our space where, as I've said before, the consumer is really in focus and it becomes more a question of how do we add value to the end user and the consumer and how do we ensure that we're, we're in the end just not going to be, you know, an, an outsourced body processing stuff for our large clients, but, but actually adding value through insights, through data, uh, through improved customer experience, where our key clients are really getting a benefit from us that goes beyond just getting things done that, that they could otherwise do themselves in-house if, if they wanted to put the effort in. Um, so data, technology, that that's just the way it's going in our business it's how do we how do we make things more scalable how do we add value to our clients through real value add services uh, and and joint projects co-innovation as opposed to just let's take your processes from in-house and and do it a little cheaper right that that's not that's not where the future lies yeah i think we've seen a a big evolution haven't we over the last 20 years or so where it's gone from speeds and feeds you know we we can tinker and do it a little bit cheaper a little bit faster to to something that we're living in today which is very much focused on creating a value exchange and and your picture of of the future sounds even rosier it's it's all about making sure you are delivering value be it for your key accounts or your key accounts customers thanks so much will i've really enjoyed today's discussion i'd love to finish if we can on um some advice from you if we're talking to revenue leaders who are either looking to start out with a key account management program or um, they're setting up a key account um, center of excellence what would your advice be to them in terms of getting going so i think uh, yeah great question and and key account management is a complex task it involves really every aspect of the organization so the, the key thing first and foremost is which people 
do you have assigned to, to, to this job function? And getting the right people with the right attitude, the entrepreneurial spirit, the ability and the drive to, to really understand the organization in its entirety and to do the same for your clients' organizations, getting those people on board, I think that's the, the most important thing. Then when it comes to really establishing a key account program, it's I think there's a, a lot of mileage in working to get a center of excellence set up, establishing standards, good practices around that area of key account management, the right kind of templates for key account plans, and also really establishing a solid group of cross-functional teams that engage specifically on each one of your key accounts and communicate effectively with each other regularly and really have a have a clear understanding of how the responsibilities are divided between them and and assuring that internal alignment is is really taking place i think if you have the communication the alignment the right people and the processes and structure in place then you have all the ingredients you need to set up a successful key account program. And uh, that, that would be my advice to anyone looking to, to really set that up within their organisation. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Will, for being so generous and, and candid in, in your advice and, and how you're finding the market. I've really enjoyed the discussion and uh, look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks, Alicia. Thanks for letting me join. It's been good to talk to you. This podcast is brought to you by Momentum, the B2B growth consultancy and pioneers of account-based marketing. You can learn more at wearemomentum.com.